Hi, listeners. Welcome to the She Speaks Life podcast, a weekly encouragement where we share our God stories. I'm your host, Jamie Elizabeth, and I am so glad you are spending time with us today to listen. Hi, friends. Welcome to She Speaks Life podcast. I have a dear friend on here today. I'm just super excited because I know that her story is going to encourage your guys' hearts. Her name is Lindsay O'Connor. Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Lindsay here. She's from the Dallas area and she's got a story. I think at one point in our life we've we've gone through shame and she also has a testimony to share about postpartum depression. I just know her story is going to impact you. Lindsay, would you like to share just a little bit of background? Sure. Um, I am the mother of two daughters. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old. I used to be a teacher and I'm now a stay-at-home mom. So a lot of my spiritual journey kind of goes right along with my journey of becoming a mother. That was a really difficult and transformative experience for me. Uh, I had my first child, she's seven and a half. So when I had her, I had been a teacher, and she was born in the summer, and so I quit teaching that summer so I could stay at home with her. I had always known I wanted to be a stay-at-home mother, and I was excited about it and looking forward to it. I had a few things during my pregnancy and was told I was having a miscarriage. And then right before I had surgery, found out that she was there. So it started out, even though I was excited, with a lot of anxiety, a lot of kind of an emotional roller coaster. And I'm a person who struggles with anxiety anyway. And then she came, she was born at 36 weeks. I had to have a C-section. So at the very beginning, everything was unexpected, I guess. Um, I got pregnant much more quickly than I thought I would. So at the beginning, there was just, I was, excited and I very much wanted to be a mother but there was uh, a lot of a lot of shock trying to figure out what then was up and a lot of my identity had been being a teacher that was really important to me and so looking back I can realize that part of the adjustment was not having that piece of my identity anymore and figuring out who I was right and she was a difficult baby she I mean she was generally healthy for a premature baby but she had colic and she didn't sleep well for about the first 10 months she didn't sleep well and she didn't nap well and had trouble eating and took me to all kinds of doctors and it was kind of tried a bunch of different things and medications it was sort of just bad enough that we're all kind of miserable but not there wasn't really anything terribly wrong with her so it was just something that we kind of had to wait till she outgrew motherhood was really hard I felt like I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and she loved being a mother, and I never really heard her talk about the difficult part. She's a very upbeat, positive person, and so I expected everything to be this incredible experience, and it was very difficult. My husband and I were anxious and frustrated, and I now know that I had postpartum depression. I did not realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. I just that I was this new person that I didn't like anymore and I was afraid that that was who I was. I just remember thinking, I guess this is who I am now. And it was a, that was a scary thought. Yeah. So she, she outgrew a lot of her issues and after about the first year, things kind of smoothed out. And then a couple years later, I had a miscarriage with some complications and that was really difficult. And so when I got pregnant, um, my second daughter... Just after all of that, after the miscarriage and then the difficult time I had with my first daughter, 
I went into that very much wanting a second child, but also very nervous about it. But really hoping that things would be easier because I just remember thinking, well, at least it won't be such a shock this time, and I know better what to expect. Right. And it was easier in a sense that I knew a little more what to expect, but it was still really hard. And with the second daughter, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression, and that lasted. And things kind of started getting better after about a year again. And so I think as I was coming out of that season for the second time, I remember just feeling really frustrated with myself. And I remember talking with my dad and saying, you know, I went through this first time and I guess I must not have learned whatever I was supposed to learn. And I still don't know what I'm supposed to learn. And my dad said, it's not a performance. It's just, you know, sometimes hard things are just things that God wants to walk through with you. Yeah. And so as I started doing some more Bible study and started kind of getting my, my sanity back a little bit, she was sleeping better and having a little more time to myself, God really revealed to me through the Bible that I, more than anxiety and more than postpartum depression, I was really struggling at the core with the shame that I had attached to those experiences. Mm. Um, because I felt like if I were a better Christian, if I had more faith, if I were a stronger person, that I wouldn't have these struggles. And it, I just, a second time made me feel like just like I'm not a good person. Like I hadn't learned a lesson and kind of like a failure. Yeah, you're and taking so, it on yourself and blaming yourself. Yes. Aww. And it really, um, it really bothered me yeah. that even though things got better each time, it was not because of anything I did. Right. Um, I couldn't point to anything that I did to change things. It was just my babies got older and easier. So I started, you know, just reading more about that in the scriptures and, and praying about it and reading some books. And one of the books I had read, Brennan Manning's book called Abba's Child, and he talks about the true self and the false self and all the things that we do that we don't like. He, he calls the imposters. And mm. he talks about how we hate the imposter in ourselves. We, are, we recognize it and are aware of it. And we tend to project that onto God and to think that God hates that part of us too. Mm-hmm. And that God only loves and wants to be with the, the good part of us. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, it says in the Bible that while we were still in sin, Christ died for us. Right. So I had to put some new thought patterns and new spiritual practices in place to mm-hmm. to kind of reroute those old uh, habits in my mind. Right. A big part of that was with that idea of the imposter, Brennan Manning, t- Brennan Manning talks about bringing your imposter before God and letting God love that part of you too. Mm-hmm. And so I started just working on when things that I didn't like about myself would surface when I would have a, a critical talk with somebody or when I would feel angry about something or sad about something. I used to try to talk myself out of it and kind of criticize myself for it and then sort of rationalize my way out of those feelings. And so I started bringing it to God and praying about it. And what I learned was a lot of times I felt like the Holy Spirit prompted me with questions, uh, with not with condemnation, but just questions of, why do you feel that way? What do you, what do you really mean by that? What are you thinking? Where mm-hmm. do you think that comes from? And I, I really, at the end of the day, what I've learned is that God is so much more gracious and so much better and bigger 
than I realized before. And when we get really caught up in cycles of shame, it's really hard to come to God for healing when he is the only one who can heal us. Mm -hmm. But we don't come because we feel like we're not worthy. It's an ongoing battle and an ongoing struggle and um, just part of the human experience of being a sinner. But I really find encouragement in the verse that one of the verses that's been really important to me is in Hebrews 4. It talks about that we have a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses mm-hmm. and that he was tempted in all ways yet without sin and therefore we can come boldly to the throne of grace so we can obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of need. And so when I find myself in those places where I'm feeling ashamed about something, I remember that it's something I can bring before God before I try to fix it up. I don't need to fix myself up before I come to him because he can fix me up much better than I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the unexpected kind of byproducts of dealing with shame has been a courage that I think I didn't have before. And so I, another thing that mother did, motherhood did for me is I, up until becoming a mom, I sort of had my life planned out. You know, I thought I would go to college and get married and become a teacher and become a stay-at-home mom. And then I got to that point and I realized how little control I had over my life and my children's lives. And my plans didn't always work out. And also, I I didn't really have a plan for what was next. And once I started to understand the love and grace of God and His goodness, and to not get so caught up in feelings of unworthiness, I felt really free to start dreaming and to discern the dreams that God had for me and the plans that He had for me. And I think when we're afraid and when we don't, when we feel ashamed, we get really controlling. And you know, someone who struggles with anxiety, one of the ways I deal with being anxious is wanting to control things, wanting structure and predictability mm-hmm. and order. When we feel secure in God's love for us, we can really let go of a lot of that control and start to experience what happens when we surrender our plans and, and our agendas and just even the time that we spend with Him. And so one of the huge transformations for me over the last couple of years has been in my time reading the Bible and praying. I don't look for someone to structure that time for me so much. So that can be helpful sometimes, but I'm learning to trust Him and to trust myself to just sit down and have some time of listening, to listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit that I didn't think I was able to hear before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like I needed someone to explain and guide me and show me how to do that. And so as I have been led by the Holy Spirit to do different things, I'll get a thought, I'll pray about something, or maybe reverse, have a thought, or maybe a conversation with someone. And another practice I've been working on is if I think that it's the Holy Spirit and I pray about it, whereas before I really needed a degree of certainty and support from other people, now I feel free to say, why not? Let's go with it and trust that God will course correct things when I make a mistake and that he will use all things for his purpose. And if I'm if I'm earnestly seeking him and my heart's in the right place, he will direct that. And so out of that, in the last couple of years, you know, I talked earlier about struggling with my identity and becoming a mother. And I'm learning all of these parts of myself that God has put in me that I was sort of asleep to before that have begun to come alive and becoming more resilient and realizing that it's okay to fail and make mistakes. 
And out of that risk-taking, I've gotten started on a lot of things that I'm really excited about. And to give an idea, some of the things I'm working on that I never would have thought I would before. I have written a first draft of my first book, and it's about shame and motherhood. Mm-hmm. And I've also started learning a lot about r- racial reconciliation in the church. And I've started co-leading a Be the Bridge group at our church. And I'm realizing that dealing with shame, when we start dealing with it and letting God deal with it in us, um, it really carries over into every area of our lives. And we can start having difficult conversations because we're not so critical. We, you know, we're more resilient and we're more secure in our identity and Christ more so in the truth that we are loved no matter what and that the mistakes we make don't have to hide from God and he's not condemning us those. And so I really think that God honors when we take those risks with good intentions as we're following him. He knows how hard it is for us and he knows the verse that says he remembers that we are dust. He made us that way and he knows how fragile we can be. And so I think he really honors when we step out and take risks and try to do things that will glorify him. Mm-hmm. And so I hadn't really thought before. I feel a heavier weight of responsibility for the things that I find joy in, the things I'm excited about, the things that I have an active that I had kind of let go of when I first became a mother. I'm realizing that God put those passions and, and ideas and interests in me for a reason. And it's been really exciting to see um, how all of that plays out and how he is directing it and leading me to connect with people and ideas that were not even a thought in my head when all of this started. Yeah, that's so good. You know, when we're led by his spirit, there's so much freedom in that. Instead of listening to the lies, we start listening to God's truth and how freeing that is, you know, who we are in Christ, our identity. When we're setting our foot firm on that foundation, there's so much freedom in that. You can help others go through the shame because you know there's deliverance in that. And having God download passions in you that you're like where are these coming from I love the way he works that way and that's living in abundance and that fulfillment and we're no longer listening to words from the enemy I love how in the very beginning you said I went right to the word of God that is so important to know that's where we start we make a choice to renew our mind with the word and that was your first step to enter into that notion shame life. We start to renew our mind with his word and then day by day we start to live in this newness, in this new way of thinking, this new way of living and then therefore he can just start using us with the God assignments that he has given you like this book and being a light to others with motherhood. That's just amazing. I love this. I love when you talked about living in abundance because I feel like that's kind of a a summary before I was living with this need to control and for structure and a very, very small expectations for myself and for God and for what God would do in me and through me. And now he's just sort of blown the top off of this. I feel like I had to put God in a small box. He exploded the lid off. And now it just seems limitless. And abundance has been a really big word for me lately and a big idea. Because every time I do something new and I feel scared and those feelings of shame, questioning my worthiness to do this work creeps up. When I make the choice to do it anyway, I am 
absolutely overwhelmed by the richness of God. And Mm -hmm. it is a a joy and a fulfillment I didn't have before on such a regular basis. And I keep coming back to amazement. And I think when we have real encounters with God, that's always the response. And being overwhelmed and awed and joyful. Yes, girl. Amen to that. So good. Is there anything you want to conclude with? Yeah, I would just say if there is anyone who is kind of in the trenches with it, sometimes because of our circumstances, we can hear these great testimonies and we hear the good part. And sometimes that almost keeps even more shame and condemnation on us because we feel frustrated that other people went through this and now look where they are and I'm not there. And it feels like you'll never be there. Mm-hmm. So I would just encourage people who are struggling with whatever it is, whether it's related to motherhood or not, you're just in a difficult place, that God always has treasures for us in those places, and we don't always find them right away, but I would encourage you to really wrestle with Him. There's, I think there's intimacy in the wrestling. And mm, um, in the story of Jacob, when he wrestles with God and gets his new identity, there is a wrestling that takes place um, because the enemy doesn't want us to know who we are or to know who God is and Mm -hmm. so I would encourage you to keep wrestling and to be in the word and also surround yourself with people who will wrestle that with you and who will wait with you and rejoice with you when you come out of that and have a testimony that you can share with others. Mm, So good, Lindsay. So rich with wisdom. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And I know the listeners just gained so much insight and encouragement hearing your story. Thank you for you coming on here, sharing your testimony. All right. Thank you so much. Hi, friends. In Lindsay's story, she talks about the imposter syndrome. And I want to encourage you to lay down the lies and receive truth in God's word. Write it down in a journal or share with a friend about our worth and value that is found in Christ alone. Also in Lindsay's story, she talks about struggling with shame. She made a really good point about not having to fix anything before we come to God and that we can bring everything to him just the way we are. Looking in the verse that she mentioned in Hebrews four fifteen through 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we let go and trust God's control, we are able to take those risks for God's glory. I just love how God puts passions in us to connect with people and to help others understand identity in God. When we are secure in God's love, we can ultimately let go and allow Him to be in control. Thank you so much for listening today. I trust that God has encouraged you through this message. For more information on this ministry and to access free downloads, please visit my website at jamieelizabeth.com and sign up. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jamie Elizabeth She Speaks Life. That's J-A-Y-M-E Elizabeth She Speaks Life. 
Until next time, my friends, I pray God reveals himself through your own life story.